Well, let me welcome back Coach Taylor. Coach, do you have team updates for us? Um, yeah, just um, you know, just coming off of a, a tough, a tough one versus a, a good MAC team. Um, you know, gotta make sure that you know we we acknowledge that you know they they had a good squad and they they came out they they executed when they needed to, um, ex- out executed us um, when they needed to, and that's the reality of it. Um, a little beat guys dinged. I think I said last week, man. This, this is where we're at, man. It's the season. I'm the season. It's um, week nine. <laughs> Everybody's beat up, man. But and we lost a couple guys in that game, which which hurt us. Um, but such is life. You know, we got to continue to keep rolling and uh, keep a positive attitude, and you know, try to find a way to to muster up a win uh, this week. You know, we got another a new week. Uh, each game takes on its own. Each game is like a movie. Takes on its own little plot. So we got a new game, a new new opponent this week. So. Well, let's talk a little bit about that McAllister game. Great defensive struggle in the first half. I, I think overall a very exciting contest. What, what were your thoughts on the game? Yeah, it, it was it was good. It, the guys fought, um, you know. And one thing we always talk about, you know, in our program, and I think everybody on the show has heard me talk about accountability. You know, uh, our quarterback got knocked out. Um, uh, we had to put the backup in, and you know, I'll be the first one to say I did not manage that game the right way in the first half. You know, the score was eight to six. And we should have been running the football and getting out of there at halftime. And we elected the we elected the pass, um, and then end up throwing an interception for a touchdown. And that that really in college football's momentum, right? You're doing eighteen to twenty one year old kids. Man, we just couldn't we couldn't come back from that. Man, that just that def, that deflated us going into the half. Eight six is a lot different than sixteen to six, you know. So I got to own that one. I got to take responsibility, and I should know better, you know. Get out of there, and then regroup, and then come back with a different game plan with the, with the backup quarterback. And I didn't. So it was too aggressive and. It ended up hurting us. So, with that being said, you know, I want to own that. But defensively, they fought. Offensively, you know, we did some things. You know, a couple guys, Malik Wynn, a freshman running back, got his first receiving touchdown of his career. Um, Charlie Wilson threw a touchdown. Um, and, and our uh, backup quarterback, Nick Grandy, threw a touchdown. And so it was, it was, it was uh, exciting to see um, some new people, new, not Charlie Wilson, but those two freshmen having some success. So that was pretty cool. So, Well, well let's talk about the performance of Nick. Comes in for Alejandro, who's hurt early in the contest. Had two touchdown passes. How did you feel he played in the game? Again, like I said, man, minus the minus the the pick, minus the interception he threw for a touchdown and the um, a pre-snap penalty where he um, you know he didn't um, see the play clock, right? You know, but uh, besides those two things, I mean, the young man came out and represented represented himself well for being the backup. Man, I was. I was I was impressed, man. He's got a lot of stuff he's got to work on. It's a big week of big week for him, but I'm very impressed on how he conducted himself. He was cool. The moment wasn't too big for him for the most part. But again, you think about you know college football is hard enough. Playing that quarterback position it makes it extremely tough, man. So that's the toughest position on the field. So he he represented himself um, to the best of his ability with the amount of practice that he got. I thought one of the most impressive parts of that game was that big 97-yard drive you guys had late. Now, I know some will say, well, it's, you know, it's late in the game, but I, I thought it showed a lot of heart for this team. As you're watching that go on, what were your thoughts as your team is moving themselves down the field that way? Well, again, like I said, man, one thing I've never questioned is our fight you know, and, and the effort that we're going to give. I know what I'm, I'm going to get um, every Saturday. You know, so that was good to see execution, but – you know, it's a little bit too too late, man. You know, you gotta we gotta be able to execute like that. First quarter, second quarter, third quarter. You know, it can't just be, you know, get our back against the wall. Now we want to play. You know, it's got to be that sense of urgency on all four quarters, and that's tough, man. It's tough to get tough to get young people to to be singly focused in on 
on their jobs, man. So but that's our job, and that's what we'll continue to keep trying to do. This week you take on Concordia. Your thoughts on this matchup? Oh, man. Well, I think <laughs> it always starts with, with, with the head coach. Man. Coach Horan is a good dude. He's one of the good guys in the, pro, in, in the, in the uh, MIAC as far as coaches. Um, he, I just call him Steady Eddie, man. He's been up there forever, played there. He's an alum. Um, they've always got solid teams. They're always big. They always got a large number of teams. They always got about 150. I always feel like they got about 130, 140 guys. So you gotta you got to try to find a way to manage um, how to handle all those guys rolling in. It's up there. It's their senior day. Um, defensively, they're always they're a little bit different defensively. You know, they used to <clears throat> play a little bit more cover four and zone. You know, um, they're, you know, I think they've done something with the different DBs coach. We see them play a little bit more man and aggressive and getting in your face, which is, you know, which allows you some opportunities, um, or, or, you know, some one-on-one opportunities, man, which, you know, which can be good and can be bad depending on how we choose to attack and if we can execute. And offensively, he runs through their quarterback, number 11. Uh, I think he beat – I don't think he was a starter in the beginning, but uh, he beat somebody out, and they said they have a lot of confidence in him. And he can move, mobile. Again, man, we're still in the MIAC, and – all these quarterbacks are good, good, big, strong receiver. And I've always been impressed with Concordia's line. Ever since you know, I was here from 2013, they've always had big, strong, physical O-line and D-line. And it's the same, and it's the same, same deal this year. So another great challenge for us. And um, you know, we're going to go up there and, and, and go, go play hard. I know for years that, that triple uh, offense that they were using, you really had to you know, try to figure out how to beat them and, and their running game they were using. But this Cooper Mattern looks like he's got pretty good arm on him, too. So how, how do you try to contain him and limit his effectiveness in this contest? Yeah, um, you know, it's funny. They, and, and, Rob, you being a sports guy, man, you you, got, you kind of gave a little bit of insight that a lot of people don't know, but they, they were triple. Um, they were triple option. They got away from that last year. And I was asking Coach last year, yeah, last year, why did they get away from it? And it just – you know, when you're a triple option team, and there's like a small fraternity of guys that do that, you know, like Air Force, Navy, um, Army, you know. So it sounds like the guy that was running it offensively retired, so then he got a little, you know, he went with a younger offensive coordinator. Now they're more 10 personnel spread out, but they're not, you're not going to see much, you're not going to see any triple. So they're 10 personnel, they're spread out, they're throwing the football all over the yard, and they're going to run it in two back. So a little bit more, um, what I guess you could say is um, modern day football. So, um, but yeah, the quarterback is good, man. He can he can throw it, and he can, and that thing about this quarterback too, he could play in the trip. If they were still triple, he would have been a good triple option quarterback because he can move. Well, let's jump into fan questions this week, and we will start with Buck, who says, "How do you feel the younger leaders on your team are handling this adversity early on, and how do you see that benefiting the team in 2023 and beyond?" Um, well. I, to be honest with you, I'm not really looking for, at 2023, just trying to find a way to get a win this week. But we do something on Sundays where we, we spend a little bit extra time with the young guys, uh, separate from the older guys. And, you know, that's really, you know, to really kind of see where they're at, how they're handling things. So that's a good question. Um, you know, those guys, they're good. Man. They understand, you know, the, the, the effect that they can have on a Saturday is in practice. And, they, and we, get, we get some good work out of our young guys. And, they just, and I told those guys, and they're like, hey, man, you got to remember these feelings. Um, how it felt when you were a freshman to, 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 to not play and not win. And you got to bust your tail in the off season and, and make sure you gotta you got to will it to not happen. you got to will it to make sure, hey, we're not going to let this – it's not going to go down like that. And so, you know, it, it, I hate to say this, but, you know, it, it can be a learned – it can be it has to be a learned experience for our, for our freshmen. So, 
Jack says, I think it would be easy to look at a record and believe that that is the determination of whether a team is successful or not, but you're coaching young men who are going to be leaders and members of their communities. So what would you believe would make for a successful season beyond record? Uh, I talk about it all the time, uh, especially in the recruiting process. You know, yeah, we're judged on wins and losses. I get it. You know, I've been a part of this thing for 20 years, and I've seen so much craziness going in this profession. But at the end of the day, you know, when you can um, be in it as long as I can and you start getting um, invitations to, to weddings and pictures on your phone of um, your former players' uh, families and their sons and daughters, um, when you see people, when you see guys doing well in the community, um, getting doctorate degrees and, 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 and affecting other people's lives, and then they come back and tell you, hey, Coach, I remember you said this, or I remember, that's how you know you're running a successful program. And so it's not necessarily the wins and losses on the field. It's about how are you developing these young guys? How are they thinking? What's their process? Are they disciplined when they leave here? You know, can they hold a conversation? Do they stand up straight, shake, somebody in their, shake, somebody, shake somebody's hand strongly and look them in the eyes and tell them who they are? Like little things like that is, is how you can gauge for me personally, that's, and that, that's just me personally how I know, you know, we're doing things the right way. You know, it's not always, unfortunately, this year didn't, is not going the way anybody wanted to, but that's, that's life sometimes too. We talk about our, we talk to our players about that all the time. You're not gonna, it's not always going to go the way you want. So how do you respond? You know, if I may sidebar for a moment here, I, I, I just want to say too, when I, when I hear questions like this, I think that it, your influence on people goes far beyond your team too. You know, I, I, you know, if you can ex- be a little, uh, accept a little praise from me here for a moment. I, I tell people all the time that two of the biggest influences on my life are you and Coach Johnson up there at Bethel, and uh, I, I think that says a lot about you know, uh, you teach me a lot about stuff and about about you know being a better person, and so I just want to throw that out. For you there, coach. Um, yeah, that means a lot. That means a lot coming from you, Rob. Thank you. Uh, Luke would like to know. He says there are a lot of stories out there lately, especially in the NFL, where a guy has been hurt and suffered a concussion on the field, yet still got back into the game. Do you think these protocols are really working? Man, <clears throat> that is a whole other subject. There. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Man, I don't have enough information. I don't even know who the newest case was, is, or, but. I know for us, I mean, we leave everything to the to the trainers and the doctors, and if they tell us a kid is out, we don't even quit. I, I tell our coaches, man, don't even question that. If somebody's out, they're out. So, you know, I'm, I'm assuming the NFL's going to have to take a hard look at how their their protocol and you know how how can they keep these guys healthy and safe, man? Because you know the natural instinct for a competitor, especially, and if you're in the NFL. There's a high chance you're an alpha. You're an alpha male. Like you're you're a, you're a dog, man. Like you're not gonna tell. It's, it's very hard for sometimes people to protect themselves. So you got to have people out there, meaning um, administration uh, officials that can protect the players from themselves. So yeah, they're gonna have to take a hard look at that and in order to keep people safe. So Anthony says, Coach, did you see that crazy fight between Michigan and Michigan State in the tunnel at, uh, this last Saturday? What would you do or what do you expect should happen to teams and players who get involved in an altercation like that? Oh, well, sadly, sadly enough, the week before, uh, the Penn State coach, Coach Franklin, made a, uh, made a statement about that. And something must either happen this year or last year with Penn State and Michigan in that same tunnel. James Franklin said they need to do something about it, and the Michigan coach kind of brushed it off. 
and no, and this is and this is literally last week. You can look this up, and then there's now this week happens, and it's a fight, and I saw that, and I was it was it, it made my stomach get sick, and you know it actually made me think like, wow, you know, I know we're having a rough season, but we're not dealing with something like that because they got cameras. That's gonna be a, that's gonna be assault on all those Michigan State players who, uh, um, you know, um, I guess I don't want to say cornered, but you can watch the video, man. They had that guy on the ground and. That wasn't good, man. That's a bad. That's a bad sight for college football. So, you know, win, lose, or draw. My biggest thing is always to keep people safe and teaching lessons too. You know, I know, you know, we don't have situations where we in the Mayak we don't have situations where we all go in one spot, which is smart. But even at Bethel, you know, when we play at Bethel before the game, there's a they, their administration does a good job saying, "Hey, coach, at halftime, you guys will exit first, and then Bethel will exit second. Because we actually, actually, that's a lie. We do actually go down the same the same path, but we, you know, they just did a good job of explaining how it's going to go. So, I don't know, man. It's just, you got to be careful. And Augsburg's the same way, too. You know, we could both come out the same way, so it's like, hey, you guys go this way, we go this way, and we give them ample time before the game and after the game so teams can get off and get on. So, yeah, that was that was a scary sight. Very scary. Uh, just switching gears here, we have our good buddy Andre returning. He says, Coach, the Eagles are going to win the Super Bowl, the Phillies, the, the World Series. So if you would not mind sharing your favorite Phillies and Eagles moments for you personally. Wow. Now, how much time we got on the show? Holy smokes. Um, <laughs> man, I mean, growing up and watching Lenny Dykstra play um, uh, play center field uh, for the Phillies and Mickey Morandini and Vaughn Hayes, um, those are some fun moments. Um, those are some fun moments. They watch c- catching the Phillies game. Uh, I'm trying to think of just one specific I don't think there's really one specific. I remember, well, no, you know what? When Mike Schmidt um, hit his, uh, hit a home run, I think he maybe hit 500. I remember being able to watch that game, and that was pretty doggone cool, man. Um, gosh, Darren Dalton, the catcher from the Phillies, like I remember those teams, like it was, like it was nothing. And then I'd say, wow, the Eagles. I mean, there was a fog game where the Eagles of Randall, Randall Cunningham was running around all over the place, and you couldn't see on the field. I remember that game pretty vividly. I remember Terrell Owens couple of Terrell Owens and Donovan McNabb games. But there's not I can't really pinpoint one specific moment. The Super Bowl that was out here in the Twin Cities a couple of years ago was was a good Eagles moment. So there's a lot of them. Yeah, Eagles and Phillies moments are good. The city's buzzing right now. I talked to my uncle, you know, just about any time the Sixers are playing or the or the Eagles are playing, he shoots me a text and we're always going back and forth. So yeah, there's a lot of fun moments for a lot of fun memories with the Eagles and the Phillies. And that's Chicago Bears playoff game where it was all fogged out and we don't know what's going on. So yes, yes. that was exciting. Rob, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Conrad would like to know, he says, Coach, how will you celebrate if the Phillies win the World Series? That'd be super cool. Um you know, just be excited. You know, we're try to find every Philly every piece of Philly uh cloth that I have and then wear it proudly. <laughs> um but yeah, just be excited for those guys and I mean for them to come from where they were. I mean, they got rid of their – I don't think people remember. They got rid of their manager in the middle of the year. <laughs> so they rallied, man. They rallied, and they and they got hot. I mean, they, they got hot. Man. Sometimes that's what it takes in sports, man, is, you know, get hot. So Abraham would like to know, what would you suggest a young man do if he would like to be a football coach one day? What steps should he take? Oh, <laughs> Oh, I was gonna say when you're going through seasons like this, man. I don't know if you better be careful what you ask for, but um, <laughs> no, I think it depends on depending on the level. If you want to do it in college, um, there's not a there's not a cookie cutter way to do it, but most ways, 
Okay, most ways you get in is you know when you're when you're a little bit younger, right out of college. You know, you, you go. They call it graduate assistant. Um, you go be a graduate assistant at a college, um, and that can that can be, you know, just painting in broad strokes. I can I can talk in depth on it, but I mean, I you know, you go you go graduate assistant, get your master's degree, but you don't need a master's degree to coach college football. But you have an opportunity to get your master's, but you're around the game and you're learning it um, from the ground up, and that's usually the way you get in. It's very tough to get in. Um, as an older guy, it's very tough to do that, but I've seen that happen too as well. So it's just really more so getting in it when you're younger and, and getting with the right people and, and good mentors and, you know, so. Danielle would like to know, what kinds of things do you have a sweet tooth for? Um, <laughs> sweet tooth? Uh, I mean, Snicker bars. I, like, I, like, I, I eat a Snicker bar every now and again. Um, Kit Kat every now and again. Um, Mike and Mike's. Every now and again, Sour mm. Patch Kids. Every now and again, so uh, I'll probably say those four things. Snickers bar. Now we know why Coach is so smart. So that's a good choice out there. <laughs> uh, Rick would like to know if you were heading out to a Halloween party now, what costume would you wear? Now, <clears throat> wow! I was heading out. To, uh... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, again, like I said, Halloween is definitely not my thing. Um, I don't know for some reason when that question just got asked, it just popped in my head as a the Ninja Turtles. Remember those little guys? Man, wasn't it like four? Yeah, little right out. Yeah. yeah, maybe, maybe yeah. a Ninja Turtle. And what are our words of wisdom for this week, Coach? The words of wisdom, man. You guys got me starting to think now a little bit and, and, and research. So here you go. I found one. For, I found one for the week. All right, it says you go through three stages in life: losses. Lessons and blessings. I'm gonna leave you. I'm gonna leave on that note. Fantastic, Coach. Thanks for joining us this week. Right. Thanks for listening. Appreciate you, Rob.